Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. All right, we're talking about rage, living with rage. Boy, I'm telling you, there is a lot of people living with rage. They may not be showing it, but they have it, and they have it inside them. And we all have it inside of us. It's just how much do we contain it? How much, how mindful are we? People that are in their future and in their past and living in those places oftentimes find themselves with rage because they develop narratives. People that are fully present have a harder time going to rage because they're identifying with other people and they're connecting. And so the problem is, is that people are not mindful. They have narratives that they live in and they continue to identify with their narratives all day long, reinforcing it by seeing the world through their own eyes in the way they want to see the world. And so, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, feel that if they were to let go and just really feel the rage, they'd probably do some enormous damage to, to, to people and the world and everything in general. You know, th- those kind of comments about, you know, if I could just let go of that rage is, is often made by people along the way of the journey to wholeness. We fear the enormity of repressed emotions caged up inside of us for what seems like centuries. And we fear that we could do harm if we're allowed to just let it rip. In fact, some do. And when they do, it's often called passive-aggressive, meaning they hold it in and they hold it in and they hold it in, and then eventually some small thing reminds them of this rage that they've been holding up and the theme that's led to it, like being disrespected or being afraid, and all of a sudden they get big like a big bear, stand up and start raging. And when they do that, they look absolutely crazy. But what they're really trying to say is, I am going to do this so badly and so big that hopefully you will never, ever, ever give me this this uh, feeling again. You will never say what you just said to me again. I'm going to stop you by scaring you to death. And when you do that, you look absolutely nuts. And that's exactly the opposite of what you're trying to accomplish. So, you know, there's there's <laughs> anger management classes, which anger management means you're managing your anger instead of allowing it go, to go to rage. And they're Operating classes of anger management all over the world, 24 by 7, um, you know, and they teach us how to walk away, how to count to 10, how to become an adult instead of live in the rage. But anger on all its levels, from milder irritation all the way to rage, is more than behavior. Yet behavior is what we fear. In fact, you know, like adolescent boys struggle with rage, you know, they and then they'll say, I didn't get mad. I know because I didn't throw anything or hit anyone. Well, they're totally equating anger only with the behavior of what they did with the anger. You know, irritation, frustration, anger, rage, these are all forms of anger and their feelings first. But when a person's rage becomes a behavior, even before they thought it has a chance of uh, plugging it, 
it usually because of one of two reasons that it's been repressed for a long time when someone drops the you know something like a, a, a glass or a straw or something on the floor and then they explode and also it, it works for manipulative purposes to try to get people to extinguish behavior that they don't like either way it has something to do with maturity and, and at the end of it, you know, you really want to be a mature adult and mature adults are not going to uh, allow themselves to go to rage. As a matter of fact, uh, thematically, there's hurts that we have in childhood that very well uh, can continue into our adult life because we've never dealt with them. And then when people touch on those things like being disrespected, being told to, to, to you know, shut up or whatever, when we feel insulted – uh, people tend to go back to that childhood rage and they allow themselves to do that based on the triggers they picked up when they were a child. But, you know, what has become uncontrollable rage comes about as a result of not having developed that maturity. Look at what happened uh, with this the six-year-old boy uh, being shot by these two idiots it's just unbelievable that things like this in Orange County, California, that things like this happen to people. But just a stupid thing like giving the finger um, on a freeway, which probably happens a thousand times a day uh, on every freeway, if not more than that. And, and then all of a sudden somebody's killing a six-year-old child and shooting uh, someone's vehicle. It's just unbelievable how people can be triggered by such stupid, stupid things and how their whole course of life and the whole course of that, that poor child, for example, can uh, actually be extinguished because of their rage. You know, uh, when faced with a challenge, we don't re repeat uh, a rote behavior. We want to do something else that is more productive. We want to rise above our most primitive instincts. You know, we have to dig deeper in ourselves and be resilient. And resiliency is something that is so important in this life. It's not what happens to you. It's how you respond to it. And being resilient is our duty. That's where the will, your will to live, that's where your soul is at. And you need to go back to that and stand back up on your two feet and move on through things and take the high road if you can. But if you don't have the maturity, it's really hard to do that. When we continuously fail to step forward and we allow the rage to run our lives, we do not mature. You know, and, and so it's, some will learn that rage works to manipulate or scare people and into overwhelming frustration. And that moves people out of your life that may be very, very important to your life, including your spouse, including your children, including your parents, your siblings, your friends, all of them. When they see a person with anger, nobody, nobody, even somebody that lives with rage and has that lack of joy in their life, Nobody wants to be around that. It's miserable, miserable. And you do not realize that rage just rubs off on other people that are forced to stay in your life. You know, if you hold the tension between the resentments of all the things that you have for your spouse or all the resentments you have for a friend or your boss, and if you just hold on to those resentments and you don't learn to forgive, then what happens is we live with rage and it stays in us and it continues to be reinforced by logic, 
by identifying, okay, they disrespected me here, they disrespected me here, disrespected me here, they caused fear here, they, and we hold on to that resentment and never, ever let it go. Don't let other people be so powerful in your life that you go to rage. That is not what you want to do. You do not want to let other people take over your emotions and give them the signal of what will make you go to rage because people like to watch people nut up. And if you want to nut up with rage, you are demonstrating your insecurities. And so it's really important to understand this is a maturity issue and it's a very important issue. What most people don't know is that we have a choice. Feeling our feelings and using them for a springboard for creativity is an option that is always available to us, but one which uh, we can, uh, you know, decide not to take. And more frequently, we choose to to forget that option, and, and the less likely we are to mature through the process. And this means that. Uh, uh, the batterer is most likely to be an immature person who rages or comparable to a toddler or an adolescent temper tantrum. That means they have a low EQ. Uh, that would be your emotional uh, 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 IQ, basically. And so it's important for you to understand that if you do not have a good way to express emotion, then what's going to happen is you're going to demonstrate your emotion or you're going to cover it up with rage when it may just be frustration. It may just be anger. It may just be confusion. It may just be sadness. But you only go to rage because that's all you know how to do just like a baby or a toddler. That's all they know. They don't have other emotions to grab onto because they don't understand them yet. You know, on the other hand, rage is a simple feeling and it can be really useful for informing of where we need to place our boundaries, where someone else stops and we begin to vice versa. You know, holding the tension between the rageful feelings, for example, about a, a previous abuse or a betrayal, that can inform us of how much we actually do care about our own well-being so that we can solidly declare never again. And rage is just the right amount of energy to allow us to keep our promises to ourselves. The problem is we don't want to communicate the rage. We want to go against the rage. And that means that we have to presume that most people in this life, even if they cross our boundaries, are well-intended. And so what we want is we want forgiveness. Well, to get forgiveness, you have to evaluate someone's intentions. And to evaluate intentions, you'd never use a why question because then you will get the rage back from the other person. What you want to do is analyze the process that led to the decision to go to rage, and that's by using the words what or how. How did you decide that this was okay? What made you think that I would uh, like what you're doing? Now, if you need proof that you know we're no longer living in a 24 by 7 world, more like a 72-7 world, look around the highway as you drive up and down from work or school or, or home. You know, the current pace of life finds a lot of other people, especially drivers, and I'm talking in this particular uh, segment about road rage right now. I'm going to start talking about that. You know, people have their eyes locked on their phones um, you know, the, their foot on the gas pedal, they're driving 60, 70, 80 miles an hour down a freeway, and they're staring at their phone. 
You know, it's amazing to me, but it causes a lot of rage from other drivers who have to avoid them or deal with the accidents that they cause, you know, and also um, we have to be even more defensive as drivers because it's like we're driving with a bunch of drunk people uh, because they've got their face stuck in their phone if they're not already on drugs and alcohol or whatever and got their face stuck in their phone. This is what happens. You know, uh, people are more territorial these days. They're more aggressive and they're mean when they get behind the wheel. And, and that affliction is known as road rage. And the larger symptom is of a general anger problem. Well, we're coming out of COVID. What do you think is brought out the worst in so many people? You see it every day. People speeding, changing lanes with no signal, weaving dangerously, three and four lanes of traffic, passing too closely on the side of your car, speeding up to block you out, speeding up behind you, uh, not allowing you to change lanes, merge on or off the highway, racing other drivers without the care of hurting you, you know, roaring up behind you as they might intentionally rear end you, constantly tailgating, horn honking, flashing high beams in your mirror when you're in, in their fast lane, you know, finger flipping, screaming out the window, causing and creating accidents, even pulling over to fight. This is what people are doing these days. And it is absolutely crazy. And we have to get a bit of uh, mental health involvement in this, in all of us. We have to be, you know, uh, understand that these the rage is problematic, and if you live with rage, it's problematic. And quite frankly, it could kill you, and it might kill you physically, but it also might kill you uh, uh, spiritually. And the other thing it might do, and by the way, uh, there, there, there's 32 common genes that we all have, and one of them is the stress gene, and the stress gene will dictate your exit from this life. It basically will start up the heart attacks, it will start up diabetes, it will start up whatever, whatever the medical issues are, it'll start them up and then basically they never stop because once that stress gene hits a certain level of stress of no coping, then all of a sudden it activates that exit strategy out of this life and it never stops. You know, there's also consequences that as you continue to let one isolated event on the road ruin your whole day, and or you get a traffic ticket and don't discount that the non-significant matter of embarrassing your family as you act like a spitting, cursing lunatic. You know, if you show the side to your kids too often, they could learn to see that behavior is somehow appropriate because that's what they do as toddlers. They rage. You know, solutions are easy to say and often hard to follow. And some people don't have the will or the wherewithal to try to cure themselves. Even under the threat of an injury or a crash or a citation or arrest or a lawsuit, they suffer. You know, it's everyone else's fault but their own. Um, but the problem is, what is their fault is how they choose to respond. You know, a, 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 a stress breathing, inhaling the count of four, hold, you know, hold a count of four, exhale for a count of four, you know, hold, hold for a count of four and then Exhale again. You know, maybe maybe you should do some, you know, jumping jacks or something like that to try to burn your energy. But you don't have to, you know, use that rage in a way that is unhealthy. You know, rage can actually work for you if it motivates you to do something good like exercise. That might be a nice thing. You know, it, perspective is an important part of road rage. 
You know, you are you, the other person is them, and only you can let someone run your day or push your hot buttons. If you're going to give them that control, people are glad to do that. They will run your day if you want to let them do that. You know, you really want to ask yourself, like, what would a Buddhist do? (laughs) You know, go forth down the road, be yourself, compassion for other people, continue to have compassion. Maybe pray ahead of people who take off doing stupid things like road rage. Pray ahead for them that they will calm down and not hurt other people. You know, uh, some people have less to do with circumstances, more to do with the fact that they're just angry people seething underneath, always ready to explode. For too many people, all this pent-up emotion is given expression when driving. And driving is a very powerful thing because you have everyone else's life in your hands while you're driving this 3,000-pound monster down the road that can very well kill other people. All right, now we're going to take a quick break. We're going to talk about the rage roots and what causes them and uh, how to help ourselves. So come back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Listen for Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. Her show topics cover creating lasting transformation in challenging environments and how creating change can have an impact on the success of individuals from a mind, body, and spirit perspective. It's going to be inspiring and uplifting each week. So tune in on Tuesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and also listen on the Voice America Business and Influencers Channels. Transformation takes one step at a time. It's time. It's time to serve, learn, change the world. Tune in each week for the power of young people to change the world. Hosted by NYLC's CEO, Amy Muirs. The program is a forum for both young people and the adults who love and support them. We make connections with others through stories of change, partnership, and new perspectives of issues facing the world today. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time or anytime on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. 
Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about rage. Um, You know, rage attacks are sudden. They're out of control bursts of anger, and, and and these explosive outbursts can start without warning, and they may also seem to be out of proportion to what triggered the episode. Now, rage attacks are different than tantrums. Tantrums are goal-oriented with the intent of getting it of someone to to do what that person wants. And and the rage attacks are more about the release of pent-up tension about achieving a specific goal. And so what we need to understand is it's either a tantrum, a rage tantrum, or meaning they're trying to manipulate, or it's a rage attack where they're trying to release energy. And, And what's really funny is in the past, not too far back, Rage attacks were thought to be related to epilepsy or Tourette's syndrome. And now it's not necessarily related to that. It's just people are walking around spitting angry uh, words and angry everything at everybody else that they can do that to. Rage attacks may seem to begin without warning. You know, the little signs uh, may be seen. Uh, the, the signs are like increased stress, increased agitation, anxiety. When a rage attack happens, symptoms usually incur uh, yelling or shouting or intense anger or physical aggression. And, you know, the, the rage attacks are sometimes incorrectly linked uh, to, to mental disorders. In, in very rare cases, uh, there are seizures in the limbic system that can be linked to out-of-control behavior also. You know, but the, the cause of rage attacks is not necessarily known. It's it's individual. It's within within each person. And once again, there are two main routes that go to anger management and rage. And the first route is about seventy percent of it is disrespect. And if you really have to understand, disrespect means you're not being heard. That means you don't have a voice. And that disrespect can lead to an inner rage that continues on and on and thematically we go okay this person doesn't hear me now this person that my spouse doesn't hear me my kids don't hear me my parents don't hear me my boss doesn't hear me now all of a sudden we get this narrative in our life that nobody hears me and when they don't hear me i'm going to hold that rage inside of me and understand i've been disrespected the other thing is fear when people are afraid about 30 percent of what leads to rage is fear just absolute fear as a fight or flight uh, mechanism to protect ourselves. You know, some children or teenagers may have rage attacks only at home and not at school. Other may have the attacks at school, but rage attacks can be triggered with stressors such as social pressure, schoolwork, diagnosis. You know, if if a patient has symptoms similar to a seizure, you know, they often get tested for epilepsy. The most useful test is an EEG, and the test records of electrical activity in the brain can show abnormal spikes or waves in electrical uh, activity patterns. So that's something that a person may be concerned about if they're walking around and they don't have any specific reason why they're always feeling angry or a specific narrative about themselves and other people that make them angry. There may be 
a uh, treatment that's needed medically. There may be something wrong. Also, psychotherapy is the most common treatment for rage attacks, and that includes cognitive behavioral therapy, and that examines thoughts and their links to feelings and behavior. And so that's an important thing to do. And and, uh, rage attacks uh, do not respond to anti-seizure medications, by the way. Uh, However, depression and anxiety medications can certainly be a part of the treatment. And that's an important thing to remember. You know, anger is one of the most basic emotions. It's elemental as happiness, sadness, anxiety, disgust. These emotions are tied to basic survival and are honed over the course of our lives and even all of human history. And anger is related to fight, flight, or freeze response to sympathetic nerve system, and it prepares humans to fight. But fighting doesn't necessarily mean throwing punches. It might motivate people uh, to combat injustice by changing laws or, or enforcing new norms. You know, of course, anger too easily or frequently mobilized can can undermine relationships or damage physical health. Well, if you watch too much of the news, you're watching a bunch of people in society who together have have decided to have a communal rage. And basically, there's a lots of people out there that are, are raging together about certain topics. And so they struggle. They struggle with their life because that becomes the center of their life, that needing that place to 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 expend their energy. And so they do that as a as a bunch of pack animals. It's unfortunately, but there's not much logic to that. And people say some really stupid, stupid things. Um, I heard yesterday that some uh, uh, lady teaching at Yale a seminar or something, speaking at Yale, basically said uh, as a black person she wanted to kill every white person. I mean, that is just utter stupidity, and it's on the news. And so people hear this kind of stuff, and they're like, wow, wow, that is amazing. You know, everyone knows the feeling of rage, and it's that rage that rises when a, a driver's cut off, you know, uh, your boss disrespects you, you know, have tr- we, we have this trouble uh, handling our anger, and it clouds our life, and it lives with us. Here's the deal. Emotions do not need logic. Emotions are meant to emote. So, let them run. Three minutes is all you're going to have for an emotion. But if you're going to get mad and say uh, why you're mad, I'm mad because of this, I'm mad because of that, I'm mad because this person said this to me, how dare they say that to me, what makes them want to say that to me, blah, 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 and we hold it all inside of ourselves and we build that rage into a, to a tsunami and basic, basically it destroys our ability to think. Or we just sit and stew on it all day long and we try to go away from it, but we stew on it. So every time you stew on it and give emotion a reason to be there, well, guess what? Uh, <laughs> they create a problem in your thinking. And then your brain gets used to it because your brain's a muscle. And then it decides that's the way to operate. And so if we're going to be resentful people who cannot forgive, we are going to have a very difficult time getting through this life. But, you know, what's really associated to rage is entitlement. Believing your rights and privileges are superior to those of other people or focusing on things out of a personal control, such as uh, your partner's behavior, you know, the external regulation of emotions, trying to regulate emotions by controlling your environment. 
you know, it, 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 an external locus of control is believing, you know, uh, well-being is controlled by sources outside of yourself. Well, you're responsible for all these things. You know, also, we tend to refuse to see other people's perspectives because we want to be right. Why don't you just be a good listener and hear other people's perspectives? Truth is, we all have our own truth. And we do not need to steal other people's perspective by making us be right and everyone else be wrong. That's not a good goal. It creates a lot of intolerance for others and a lot of mistrust. And the fact is you're not going to be trusted because you always have to be right. You know, a low tolerance for discomfort is another reason uh, people go to, to rage. Low tolerance for ambiguity, uh, hyper-focus on blame. Or if we just have a lot of insecurity, or what Freud would say is a very uh, 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 fragile ego. You know, anger is a core emotion, but but it, it may manifest differently based on its source. So justifiable anger is moral outrage at the injustices in the world. Um, I was talking to a friend this morning about uh, actually some guy came in, long waiting list at a restaurant. He puts his name at the top and stands at the, at the podium there where they have the waiting list and basically uh, starts to walk in when they call his name because he's on the top of the list. And nobody said anything. Well, me, uh, I got my uh, uh, basically sense of entitlement of believing that, that I have rights and privileges and I said something to the person and and uh, the host, and then they turned him back, and he got kind of stuffy about it. But the bottom line is, that's what most people will do. But really, my friend reminded me that what's better is to presume the guy doesn't know the rules at the restaurant, that, that he doesn't understand that he needs to put his name at the bottom, and that maybe he's just not sure of what he's doing, you know, presuming that he's naive, instead of trying to... Uh, uh, create justice and awareness. It's it's a much better thing to take the better side of it and be nice about it. Um, presume the best. You know, uh, avoidance of anger really is uh, something that, uh, for many frustrations of a daily life, aggressive anger is used in situations where people attempt to exercise dominance, intimidation, manipulation, or control over another person. So temper tantrums are disproportionate outbursts of anger when an individual's wants and needs are not fulfilled, no matter how unreasonable or inappropriate those needs are. So the relationship between gender, anger, violence is more complex than people realize, and common beliefs such as that men are angrier than women is often false or a close examination as far as looking at research. Both have anger. Both may show it differently. You know, in contrast to anger arising from interpersonal conflict, a transgression, a betrayal. You know, betrayal can really cause, just wreck someone's life because it basically throws them into that outrage. And they just sit in it. And they can't do anything about it. And, and it just but what they're doing is they're giving the person that may have caused the, the, the betrayal uh, a lot of power over you. And do you really want to continue to give that person power? You know, what you may just be wanting is a sense of closure. And if sense of closure can be as simple as understanding, I don't have the same perspective as the other person. And it's okay. It's okay.
You know, revenge also involves embitterment, the sense of having been let down or victimized. And there's lots of people. Well, I, I would tell you that this government of ours has victimized this this entire country it, it just unbelievably. And the media has victimized this entire country just unbelievably. And, and there's just so much outrage and so much anger about losing our freedom and our rights that people are just sitting and seething. This is the kind of behavior that leads to war and it, or revolution. And it's, it's sad, but that's what's happening because people do not have a voice anymore. We do not have a voice in our government. We do not have a voice in our elections. They've stolen the elections. You know, we, so yes, people are sitting around seething and they have vengeful thoughts that arise and then we end up taking it out on each other rather than the real people with our votes and as adults doing it the right way to change the system back to what this country in the United States was, a country of people with freedom and free will. You know, um, thoughts of revenge are especially likely in people who have been victimized and traumatized, and they're more likely in individuals diagnosed with PTSD, and there's a lot of PTSD out there. And if you give PTSD a justification, somebody is going to do something bad, and there's a lot of folks with that, you know? The common advice with people who hold grudges is forgive and forget, but most people don't know how to forgive. And like I said, forgiveness is created by examining intentions. What was the process that led to this decision? What was the person's intentions? That's important. You know, grudges don't tend to make people feel better or heal their sadness, but shifting focus away from the offender to the event and its consequences really allows people to integrate the experience into their narrative and release their judgment. It's important for us to understand what has made things happen this way. Stop beating on the bad thing that happened. Stop beating on it and understand there's a process. If somebody's driving crazy, there's a process. Something's going on in their life. I have no idea what it is, but I'm not going to join their problem. When we allow people to let their anger veer off into our anger, we're giving them too much power. It creates a surge of energy. And when that happens, chemicals such as adrenaline enter the bloodstream, heart rate, blood flow increase, and the muscles tense, and we feel a call to action. And this can compromise the immune system, our cardiovascular system, which can shorten our lifespan when sustained. And so excessive, uncontrollable anger can cause rifts in important relationships, challenges in the workplace. You know, maybe your maybe your spouse won't ever get in the car with you again if you're doing road rage. You know, legal, financial problems. It can it can hijack the ability to think clearly. It leads to really bad judgment and decision making, and it's often the roots of substance abuse, uh, domestic violence, abuse, and other conditions. And that affects other people's lives drastically. So anger needs to be monitored. Self awareness. And that can, that can really prevent it from spiraling into hostile, aggressive, violent behavior. So managing it. You know, if you're often carried away by anger, it can be helpful to understand the patterns that trigger you. It's possible to intervene 
at a different point along the way. So you deal with anger effectively. Number one is you need to get enough sleep. Sleep deprecation makes it harder to control your impulses. Uh, so regular uh, healthy sleep can prevent you from being provoked. Also, you know, consider alternate interpretations. Ask yourself what evidence do you have to support your angering interpretation? Consider different perspectives. Take some deep breaths. Drink some water. You know, take long, slow, deep breaths and use the diaphragm rather than the chest. You know, you might also uh, avoid the catharsis myth. Venting anger, acting with aggression, and viewing aggressive content does not tend to release anger effectively. And no, it's okay to get mad. If you've been wrong, treated unfairly, provoked, you should get angry, but express it assertively, not aggressively. You know, you made me really angry when you did this, and I'm, I'm really enraged with you right now. I have to tell you, you see, that's just being an adult. You don't have to do Broadway production. You don't have to do the musical. You don't have to do the opera. You, you don't have to have all the verbosity in your, in your body language. You just need to state your emotions rather than demonstrate them. I'm sad. I'm enraged. You know, I, I'm frustrated with you. That's a very simple thing, and that's called the adult self. You know, in cases of warranted anger, such as somebody who never contributes, you may want to use a different set of anger management tips. Distance yourself from the angering situation. This will help you stop ruminating, develop a clear path forward, dedicate time to thinking about how to solve the problem so it doesn't occur again, and express your anger assertively, just like I just demonstrated, with solutions rather than aggressiveness. All right, we're gonna take another break. We're gonna come back and, and talk about managing your rage. Come back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Unravel the mysteries of metaphysics every week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join host Barb Crowley as she and her insightful guest share what's been learned behind the veil, going just beyond our five senses. Now you can see things with an entirely different point of view. Tune in for Metaphysics, a view through the veil, broadcasting live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Use it to explore your advantage and deeper understanding. What's the difference between leaders who achieve exceptional results with ease and those who struggle to keep up? Tune in for Leading on Purpose with Nicole Bendeley. You'll discover the simple practices that are making the biggest difference to a leader's success today. You'll meet leaders who are bringing out the best in their teams. You'll gain practical strategies to lead yourself and others to high performance with ease. Leading on Purpose airs live Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about living with rage. And boy, I think that's one thing that the vast majority of the world has in common. You know, you have to understand something. Emotions are not a call to action. They're meant to emote. They're meant to be felt, but they're not meant to cause behavior or action. And if people manage their emotions better by stating emotions rather than demonstrating emotions, you're going to have a much more successful magnetic life. You know, anger is often a result of misunderstanding other people's actions and assigning our own meaning to them. For example, someone who struggles with anger might say, he cut me off on purpose. He was out to get me. Or she was in my face, waving her finger and yelling at me. She deserves to be hit. You know, these thoughts uh, fuel a cycle of rage. If the perpetrator intentionally and maliciously attacked, the victim has no choice but to retaliate. Well, that's not healthy. You know, consider other perspectives. Regulating emotion can manage anger. And if someone watches how you manage your anger, you're going to teach them how to manage their anger. Instead of assuming the worst, you could consider they may not have seen me or maybe they had a bad day. It has nothing to do with me personally. You know, I often say, and and it's important to understand this, who do you think your best customer is? The one who is yelling at you or the one who walks away and never says anything? The best customer is the one yelling at you because they're telling you how important you are to them. And if you just need to be the vent for them to vent through, allow yourself to be the vent. As a matter of fact, if more people drop their defenses and actually allow their spouses to vent on them because they assume it's safe, then it would be nice that uh, you would give them that opportunity to vent without taking it personal. Because most of the time, they're just projecting things they're thinking about other people or themselves, and they have no other forum but to take it out on the spouse. And our job as, as, a, as a spouse is, or in a relationship is to allow ourselves to be a place to vent. You know, different expressions of anger elicit different responses, but there's a lot of things you could do. You know, if you uh, if feel that you're verbally aggressive or insulting or threatening, ask yourself if anger is justified. There may be something you can do to help resolve a situation. You know, stay calm. Avoid yelling and swearing, raising your voice, which can exacerbate any situation. So you want to speak slowly and directly. Keep your voice calm and soft. Avoid 
you know, character assaults. The middle, the middle uh, of an angry exchange isn't the time to discuss larger problems. If two people are arguing with each other, nobody is listening. So why don't you just shut up, call a timeout, and call a time back? And a time back would be one minute for every year of your life. So if both people are 50 years old, 50 minutes and come back and let's be adults about this and solve this and talk it through and hear each other's perspective and be respectful. The other thing is people forget to stay safe. You know, angry person is not necessarily a violent person, but people do feel that they're in danger and they want to exit the situation around anger. So, you know, you also need to know a lot of people are obsessive about being right. You know, know when to disengage. If the possibility of a positive resolution is unlikely, you may want to end the conversation or just walk away. You know, anger management, which can be taught in individual or group sessions, involves learning to understand your own anger. And God forbid you get court ordered to uh, anger management. You don't want to get to that. You want to get it now, before you get yourself in trouble, before you do something stupid, before you end up in jail, before you end up in prison. You know, this process involves identifying what triggers our anger, strategies for prevention and mitigation, and skills to communicate and solve the problems. Once again, just because you're disrespected doesn't mean you have to do something stupid. Just because you're afraid doesn't mean you have to do something with that. No, but those are the roots of anger. So anything you're going to write down about your triggers is either going to do with disrespect or do with fear. And it's good to make a list of those things because if you're aware consciously of your triggers, then you're going to find a better way to deal with those triggers. You know, people who have severe anger and commit abuse or violence can be challenging to get them in therapy. And overcoming anger often requires acknowledging someone's most vulnerable feelings, which is antithetical to the emotionally detached, action-oriented person that may have adopted to protect themselves with anger. So in order to feel in control and avoid their pain, they throw their weight around, intimidating other people, making sure that they're they're kept at a distance. You know, uh, 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 if it's in therapy, which they often do in therapy, uh, the therapist can aim to be persistent, patient, avoid being provoked. And with enough time, the patient can become comfortable enough to share their vulnerabilities that have fueled the patterns of anger and abuse. You know, everyone experiences anger at some point. You know, it becomes problematic. However, when the frequency or severity interferes with your relationship, your work performance, your legal standing, your mental health, you know, we have to call it out. We have to call it out. And some there's diagnoses about this. Intermittent explosive disorder, which is an impulse control disorder. And it's basically characterized by repeated outbursts representing a failure to control aggressive uh, impulses. And those outbursts can involve verbal or physical aggression and result in property damage, physical injury, and the destruction of a person's integrity and their life. You know, obsession-compulsive disorder is another problem. It's disruptive because it involves a pattern of angry, irritable moods and defiance and vindictive behaviors. People with 
oppositional defiant disorder may lose their temper, lash out impulsively. Conduct disorder. That's another disruptive disorder involving a pattern of violating norms, rules, basic rights, antisocial personalities. You know, there's a borderline personality disorder. It's characterized by complete instability and impulsivity, including bursts of anger, violence, affairs, terrified abandonment. People with with, uh, borderline personalities cling to those that are close to them, crave reassurance and validation, and are deeply upset by small changes. And that turbulence can involve angry outbursts, severe mood swings, hopelessness, paranoia, self-harm, suicidality. God forbid you're married to somebody like that, but they're out there. Also, depression and anxiety uh, lead to people that have anger. And if you treat the depression and anxiety, you might have a better chance at healing. Yes, it'd be nice. And, and, and yes, be humble. Maybe take a antidepressant. Maybe take some anti-anxiety medication. Or do tons and tons of cardio every day of your life. But if you're depressed, you don't feel like it and you'll never do it. So, you know, there's there's really some simple steps, some relaxation things. You know, take a yoga class. You Learn yoga. Learn mindfulness. You know, uh, 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 repeat a calm word, you know, or, or think of a place that calms you down and have a really solid vision of that in your mind and go back to that place and let your brain resonate with that place rather than the angry place. Use imagery. You know, visualize yourself being relaxed, either from your memory or your imagination, and put yourself back in that place. This means changing the way you think. And angry people tend to curse and they swear and they speak in colorful terms that reflect their inner thoughts. And when you're angry, your thinking uh, can get very exaggerated, overly dramatic. Try replacing these things with rational adult thoughts, mature thoughts. For instance, instead of telling yourself, oh, it's awful, it's terrible, everything's ruined, tell yourself it's frustrating and it's understandable that I'm upset about it, but it's not the end of the world and getting angry is not going to fix anything. You know, be careful of words like never and always. You know, when talking about yourself or someone else, you know, you're always doing this or you're never doing this. They're just not accurate. And they aren't honest. And they also deserve to make you feel that your anger is justified and that there's no way to solve a problem. So get those words out of your vocabulary. Get try out of your vocabulary. You don't try. You either will or you won't. No more trying. It's really not a helpful word. It gives you a back door and it loses your integrity. Because oftentimes we are lazy creatures and we take the back door. You know, logic defeats anger. Because anger, even when it's justified, can quickly become irrational. So use cold, hard logic. If you're going to talk about how you feel, why don't you talk about how you think? I think. I think, I think, I think, I think. Use I think instead of. Be a problem solver. Sometimes our anger and frustration are caused by very real, inescapable problems in our life. But really, the problems are not important. It's how you choose to respond to the problems, how you choose to be resilient to the problems. That can be your testimony to help other people understand in their life what you did to overcome your anger. Let that be your testimony. That's important. You know, that may actually carry over beyond your life. 
You know, it's often healthy, natural response to be angry, but there's also that every problem has a solution. And it adds to our frustration to find out that it's not always the case. There's not always a ideal solution. So the best attitude to bring to such a situation is not to focus on finding the solution, but rather how you can handle and face the problem in your way. You know, it's important to understand that we are not in control in this life. We have very little things to control except for how we choose to feel, how we choose to react, how we choose to respond. We're in control of that, and that's nice. But it's not, it's not good for us to want to control everything. And every single uh, DSM-5 diagnosis that's man-made, not, I'm not talking about like schizophrenia or anything like that, but those diagnoses are how we choose to cope with things that we cannot control. And so if we're going to operate that way in life, anger becomes a diagnosis. Do you want to be a diagnosis or do you want to be a person? You know, anger people tend to jump to, act on conclusions. Most time they're presuming everybody's evil, you know, and that's inaccurate. Most people are well-intended. You know, listen to or to what is underlying anger. For instance, you, you like a certain amount of freedom or personal space or your significant other wants more connection, closeness. And, you know, if they start complaining about your activities, don't relate to painting your partner as a jailer or a warden or an albatross. They're not at that. They just want to have time with you because they love you. You don't have to get angry. You don't have to get defensive. And if you're criticized, take that as helpful. You know, criticism can be very helpful. Even if you don't like what you're hearing and you don't believe what you're hearing, it's still good to hear how you may come across because you are responsible for that too. You know, listen to what's the, the, the words, the message that the person might feel. Most people, when they feel that you're defensive and not listening, are going to start overstating what they need to say to try to get your attention. So they're going to say harsh things and things that hurt you. But the real truth is they're just trying to get your attention because you're such a crappy listener. And we don't want to do that. We want to be good listeners. Good listeners validate other people. Also, humor can diffuse rage in a whole number of ways. It can get you a more balanced perspective. When you get angry, call call someone a name, refer to them as a bad phrase, stop and picture what the word might literally look like. You know, you know, if you if you want to call somebody a dirt bag, you know, get a dirty bag. This is what I think of you. <laughs> you know, whatever. Just you got to use your humor to divert yourself away from destructive feelings. All right, that's our show. I hope I gave you some tools that can help you. I want to thank everybody for listening. You know, I really do love to hear from you. And you can do that at voiceamerica.com, the Empowerment Channel, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Now remember, people have 206 bones and one heart. Which one do you want to break first? Also, rage makes your mouth work faster than your mind. And also to be stupid makes you the target of rage. So that should be your incentive to learn something. Also, when it's hot outside, cuddle up to your shady partner. Thanks for listening. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. 